welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan, and I'm with my friend Sean Bowles. Sean, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited about our show today because we have one of my long-term friends who's just been sort of a mentor, big brother, father figure at different times in my life, Robert Zellner. And uh, he is an entrepreneur. He's, I mean, a serious entrepreneur. Huh. And we've, uh, just a group of guys have got together maybe once or twice a year. And then we bring our wives into it too. And they've all become really good friends. And we talk about stuff. And all of us who are in that group are pastors except for Robert and also entrepreneurs which is really cool. So he's kind of walked us through some things, but he's an op- optometrist mm-hmm. from uh, Oklahoma City. And he also has a car auction. He has a number of other businesses that, I mean, it would take a while to list them all out, but super successful. And it's all because of his relationship with God. So I've been excited to have him on this at some point, And today's the day. That's so exciting. You know what I think about, because you've told me for years about, uh, about Dr. Z and about the group of friends and, you know, this, let's talk a little bit about trusted friendships, about covenant relationships, yeah. and what that means to people who are in business and, you know, in their personal lives, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, you know, we, we've experienced this even together. It's like, there's something that happens in the synergy of how God created us, especially, I mean, it could be men to men, women to women, couples to couples, whatever. But especially like when you're making decisions or when you're having breakdowns or breakthroughs, you need people to celebrate with, you need Mm -hmm. people to break down with, you need people. And it doesn't mean that they hold the whole celebration, the whole breakdown or the whole, but they're there, they're present. And for me personally, like with this group of guys, I mean, when I was first dating Cherie, I remember bringing them on a, uh, bringing her on a trip with me to meet them and their wives because I wanted not to get their approval by any means, but I wanted to see what they felt because we're just dating at that time. So she came with me on this trip, this kind of get together we've done for a long time. And when she got together with everybody, they were like, you'd be stupid. We choose her over you if you don't marry her. You know, they were so great. But then they've really spoken to the issues of like, how are you going to integrate somebody? Because I was a senior pastor and I had, you know, my whole life going on. How are you going to integrate somebody in your life and really do it well? And I mean, Dr's Honor was like, I mean, Robert, it was always uh, not a challenger at all, but always like practical, like, yeah, you know, how are you going to walk this out? Like, what is it going to look like for you? Just ask some really great questions. And I think if you're doing life alone or if you don't have deep friends, then you don't have that provocative growth spurt. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have a multiplied effect in your life. You have more like incremental growth, but we want to multiply growth. And that's what friendship and trusted friends do. Right. I think, you know, I've seen that in my life and uh, with Lauren and, you know, the group of friends that we're with. And I know in your life, the group of friends you're with. And I think, you know, this whole notion of covenant friendship, covenant relationship, where you're doing life with people who know you so that when the rubber does meet the road, when issues do happen, you, you, you can fall back and talk to people who know you, who know your heart, who know what your tendencies are, who care for you, who can pray for you and give you advice. And I think it's that's one of the things that will help get us through this life. Yeah, some people are addicted to the next person they get to meet and the next influencer they get to be around. And they almost drop off their trusted long-term friends or they don't build them because they're future building versus present building. And I think I, you do such a good job with Lauren of, you guys have had the same friends for decades. Mm-hmm. And we were so 
beautifully woven into your your group of core friends that we've met all these people that just there's so much affection between you and them and it's just so beautiful and so we've even learned from you and lauren just in this stage of life what it looks like you know for us in the in the context of greater friendship but I think our listeners are going to really enjoy Robert. And I think, I know you are. He's just always going to kick out of him. He's so much fun. Well, stay tuned for Dr. Z and make sure to listen to our book review at the end of the show. Dr. Z is next. Hey, my fellow explorers. We have a brand new book out. And if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today and for his problem solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear, and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are gonna love this book. I wanna encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with Sean Bowles and with Dr. Robert Zellner. Welcome. Dr. Z. Hey, Sean. Hey, Bob. How you guys doing? We're so good. And you know, it's funny because I've been friends with you for, I think, 11 or 12 years now. And I've been running into people every year, two or three times a year, not in Oklahoma, who have heard of Dr. Z or your companies or whatever, because you're a radio personality. And you also have done ads forever where you're, you know, in the ad. So people are like, oh, I know Dr. Z. I know Dr. Z. It's just so funny. So it's it's fun to have you on the show. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, that's something that I've, I've experienced my whole life and everybody, you know, I get all kinds of statements. I thought you were much older. I thought you were this. <laughs> well, you know, somebody just by their voice. Yeah. Uh, and I did that purposefully. You know, I, I love that. I was going to do a TV commercial, make it look like that uh, one uh, sitcom where the, the neighbor, you never see his face, you know, is always just a little bit, you know, like, that. but it's funny because I'll start talking. People look at me and go, I know you. You know, even before they know my name. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of unique. No, it's it's happened many times. Just even I was with a dentist, and he was from Oklahoma, and I had to get a crown, and he knew you. He said before movies, (laughs) they advertise. You know, the uh, this doctor for some reason I don't even know how we got on you, but he's like I. I have friends. I said I have friends there. And I said, you might know Dr. Zellner, you know, like his ophthalmology. <gasps> you know him? <laughs> so it's weird when you're like a local celebrity for being a doctor, but also a humanitarian and you built a lot of stuff in churches there and just helped so much. But we're going to kind of go back in your story. What, what, before we do that, what are you working on right now? Like give us a, a bird's eye view of your life. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm really an entrepreneur trapped in an optometrist body. I know you're <laughs> an ophthalmologist, but technically I'm an optometrist. There is a little slight difference, right. and I won't, I won't waste anybody's time on going through that. But uh, so I'm an entrepreneur. So I have multiple businesses, as you're well aware, and one of them has just been exploding over the last year. Now, of course, all of them are doing very well, and through the the virus stage, we were all dubbed. All my businesses were dubbed essential in some capacity. Uh, and then we just kind of fought to keep them open, fought to keep the doors open. Right. But my auto watch is just, has this tremendously wonderful story of the last year and a half. Did you ever see the movie Forrest Gump? Of course. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite scenes in Forrest Gump is, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a shrimp boat captain and he's on his <laughs> boat, Jenna. And, and a big storm comes up. 
And he's either too dumb or too naive or too ignorant to know to take the boat back in and dock it with all the other boats. He just rides out the storm, right? Just, hey, hang on, Captain Dan, you know? <laughs> and, and next thing you know, you're before that, they couldn't catch a shrimp. And then after that, all the other boats got wiped out. And his line, one of my favorite lines of the movie is, shrimping, shrimping was easy after that. And that's all I call shrimp. So during the, during the virus, all my competitors shut down. They just shut wow. down. They wouldn't let people come on the property. Uh, they shut down for a while, then they went to only online. And you know, yeah. if you are a used car dealer and you want to buy a 10-year-old Honda Civic, you want to pop the hood. You, you want to see it. You want to see it. Yeah. And so they stayed in that for months. And, and I stayed open every week. I never shut down. I fought the good fight, um, which is a cool story in and of itself. Won't get into that right now. But we stayed open, even though forces were trying to shut us down. And, and all the car guys just through loyalty and saying, thank you so much. And, and so now we just, everybody just came. We were the, we were the only shrimp boat out there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so and I just, I was just there, Bob. And when yeah. you drive off the freeway, you see the car auction and it's just, I mean, it was like, was that hundreds of cars I was seeing or even over thousands? a thousand? Yeah. Probably about 1500. We, we sell so, yeah. every time. So dealers come from all around the nation and they get cars from you guys. So you guys are a wholesale for dealers. Correct. Correct. And it's just, it's, that's one of the many businesses you do. And it's just, we got one of our cars for you. I'm so grateful. And well, you uh, said just, you're still driving. It's still in good shape. huh? I know we're still driving. We, we, we're going to drive it to death because we just love that car. It's a family <laughs> car. When you have little kids, you just keep your car. You don't, yeah. you don't get fancy. Well, no. like, there's going to be uh, boot prints on the Mercedes. There's going to be, there's gonna be a, just, yeah, <laughs> two legs built on this. I mean, something's going to happen to it. So just, just no ride, it out. ride it out. So I want to kind of, and I know Bob, both of us, you know, cause I've told him about you for years. I want to kind of get back into how like, you grew up in, and I know this is from you're one of my closest friends, but you grew up in relative poverty. And you went right. from poverty to meeting God to really growing a lot of businesses, not only your own businesses, but you've helped a lot of your family start their businesses. So you're entrepreneurial, but then you also have spinoff projects that you do all the time with family and friends. So right. take us back into like you when you were young and just how you were wired and meeting God and how that impacted your career. Yeah, it's a great story. I, you know, I was one of seven. I was the second of seven, six boys, one girl. We were actually raised Catholic. And my mom, uh, wash and dryer broke, so she went to the laundromat, and there was a lady there by the name of Pat Redman, who's <laughs> since passed. And the Redmans were a wonderful family, was lifelong friends, still friends. The sons that you know my age are were still friends. And she looked at my mom. She asked her a question, and that question changed the trajectory of her life, my life, and all my siblings. The question wow. was, "Are you a Christian?" Hmm. Simple question. And my mom said, "Well, I, <clears throat> I." What are you getting at? I'm a Catholic. She goes, well, I didn't ask if you're a Catholic. I asked if you were a Christian. She goes, well, wh what do you mean by that? Well, that was that elevator pitch that got the you know that got it to where they could go, 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 go. Well, before long, these ladies are having prayer meetings, uh, Bible studies in our house. I mean, I've got I've got the kids quarantined in the back bedroom, going, I don't know what they're doing out there. They're saying weird things. I can't even understand them. I mean, it, it's crazy. They're, some of them are crying. Some of them are, I mean, it's just, you can't stay back here. You know, I, mean, I had all my younger siblings, right? And so, so then we were a little bit like, well, we're going to sneak out, sneak down the hallway and see what's going on. We'll, we'll intel, we'll scout it out. <laughs> so, you know, we'd go down the hallway, pretty soon we'd, we'd get seen and pulled in there. Next thing you know, I'm sitting in the chair crying, getting filled with the Holy wow. Spirit and, and having Jesus come in my heart. And so 
uh, it, it was awesome. And it was that simple question at a laundromat that wow. I was asked, are you a Christian? And that led to, led, led to life-changing moments for a lot of us. It's incredible, the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of the Lord. And then that led you into, into this lifelong pursuit. I mean, you're entrepreneurial, you have many businesses. How did, how did you appropriate his, what you knew about God into your life uh, going through school and optometry school? Yeah, you know, I, I know that the kingdom is like the body and we all have our parts to play. But my part was generating wealth and helping people uh, meet their dreams financially and which then in turn lets them, you know, help build the kingdom even more. You know, it's it, you know, God has the ability to do whatever he wants, but he wants to do it through us, through his body. And, you know, some of us get upset because, uh, you know, we're a kidney and we, we want to be a lung or, you know, how, <laughs> how do you want to put it, you know, but I, I knew my lane and I uh, I've stayed in it and. It's been very rewarding. And through that, I've been able to bless, like Sean, you were saying earlier, I was able to bless a lot of people in the mentoring of how they start uh, and grow a business. Uh, I've also been able to been financially blessed so I could been able to bless my family and, and people around the world and ministries that I've given to. Uh, you know, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and um, you know, if he says, hey, give, you give. And I think that's the way it's the, the perfect design of it. You know, um, if your neighbor needs a refrigerator, uh, I mean, God could say, let there be a refrigerator there. But what he does is he, I think he whispers in our ears that, hey, you might go check on them, put, put, maybe put them on your, your heart or your mind. Next thing you know, you're over there and you're like, they need a refrigerator. And, you right. up, and then you, you bless them with the refrigerator, you know, whether they even know it was you or not. I mean, um, but anyway, I think, so for me, it's been, it's been a fun journey. I know that I was an entrepreneur early on. Then it was just a question, what was the first business? And, you know, like you said, Sean, growing up poor, I never knew a broke doctor in my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. So I said, let's start there. And, and then what kind of doctor? And it seemed like optometry was perfect for me because it's half, you know, half business and half doctoring. Mm. And when I was a 10 year old, I got glasses for the first time and walked out. And it was, it was like a miracle. You know, the first time you see leaves on a tree, yeah. time you notice that, wow, I can see across the road. I mean, it was like life changing for me. Um, I mean, I sit on the front row at school and still couldn't see what they were writing on the board. So oh, wow. to have that experience daily, to be able to slip those glasses on a young 10 year old and have their eyes light up and their heart warm up, it just, it's just cool. No, and so, and you're so good at that and your whole business during obviously the whole pandemic, you guys were just full all the time, yeah. giving people glasses because that doesn't go away. And your daughter now works with you as well, which is really exciting. And a son. Here again, during the virus stage, a lot of, a lot of competitors just shut down. Just, they just shut down. And so therefore people are like, Hey, I need to see, I mean, I need to, you know, I need to build my, broke my glasses and I'm legally blind or whatever, you know, I need to see. And yeah. so we, you know, we stayed open and, and uh, here again, fight the good fight. And you know, they, they said that for a season, it could only be emergencies when I'm like, well, if someone can't see to drive the car, <laughs> that's, an that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's anyway. enough. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's well, an emergency. I want to, I want to take our our listeners too on the journey of the fact that you know, for for years you've walked alongside of ministries like ours, and Sean Foyt has been like a son to you guys, and Sean and Kate, and uh, 
and just different other ministries, Alvin and Christine Chan, just different mm-hmm. ministries for years and decades. You've had relationships with different ministries mm-hmm. and not just in the sense of financial, because a lot of times when people hear like, oh, there's a businessman with a, you know, there's that right. kings and priests thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like life, doing life with people yeah. and processing life together and those kinds of things. Talk about the value of your relationships and where that came from, because you you do relationships long term and you do them real. Like in business, I've met many of your your guys who've worked for you or with you or alongside you. You're always introducing me to somebody new and they're like family, like everywhere we go. I still have contacts on my phone who will text me or call me because of you who are like, how are you doing? I just want to check in and make sure you're okay. There's yeah. something about the culture of everybody, vendors you work with. It's yeah. very unique that people feel loved and known by you as the top of the, I mean, you're very sanguine in that, but, but I, in the, in the top of the business, you usually don't get access to the doctor yeah. and yeah. you give access, but you have great boundaries to so talk about that value. Well, you know, I came from a big family and I know the, the, the importance of family and, and I, I really, the filter that I try to run everything through is, you know, the what's kingdom minded, what, what is kingdom, what does kingdom look like? Um, you know, I often tell young entrepreneurs that are starting a business, uh, something I tell them, I say, listen, if you don't take good care of your employees, somebody else will. That's right. <laughs> and so, you know, I have guys that have been with me 25, I think 27 is the, the longest, um, you know, plus years, managers, 20 plus years. A lot of the guys have been with me. My key people have been with me for a very long time. And I think I think by looking at them as family and looking at them as more of a partner than than just an employee that you pay and leave alone. And and I'm I'm the kind of guy like Jack Welch has a, had a great book out and it's called uh, Winning Coaching. What is it? Winning. I think it was, he's got so many. I'm trying to sort it out. <laughs> but he was basically said, hire people that you want to hang out with, that you like, right. that you get along with, that are in your tribe. And that's what I try to do. You know, I try not to take a square peg and put it in a round circle. You know, that's just kind of that's 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 tough. Um, but I, I do value that when you when you talk about my friendships outside of work and how much I value them, that's life giving to me. You know, that is something yeah. that I that I um, thoroughly enjoy. And there are people that add, you know, you're known by you can t- look at your your five closest friends and that's that tells a lot about that individual, you know, and, and your five closest friends are people that are in my mind that you spend time with that you don't have to, you know? And so I treasure those, I protect those um, relationships and I try to be as good a friend as, as I'd want them to be to me. And, and I think, you know, loving your neighbor, you know, loving your good friends is easy, you know? And, and it, so, so why not have a little ease in your life? Cause there's a lot of it that's hard enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people out there, you know, do things that make it hard enough to love them. But, um, yeah, I, I just have always valued that. I valued long-term friendships. And, and you know, it's hard. I, as you know, Sean, you have to be very selective who you let into your inner circle. Um, because then they can have influence in your life. And it's either good or bad or maybe neutral. But, um, anyway, and every 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 relationship that you encounter, every, every moment you have with someone... Um, I was at a Toby Mac concert the other day with you and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he said something there that I thought was pretty cool. That is that there's no neutral transaction, you know, and I thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, it is interesting when you're passing someone in the grocery store and you even give them a little nod or, or I wave someone in the car for letting me out or letting, you know, I mean, every, every transaction has a little bit of good flavor to it or a little bit of, mm, that wasn't, you know, why'd you honk at me? You know, I'm going, yeah. or, you know, I mean, whatever. And it could be just that minor little thing. And so I try to make sure all of my interactions are 
on the positive side of things. <laughs> it seems, it seems Robert, that you're very, very intentional. You're building legacy in your family. You came from a big family. Mm-hmm. Now you've got uh, two of your kids who are optometrists who are in your business and your family business. And you just talked about how intentional you are with close covenant relationships. And, and I think in, in in business, in, in, in your workplace, when, when you have this, you're bent towards the father. So that allows everybody that you're working with to see the father through you, whether or not you're talking about it or not. It speak to us a little bit about sort of your, your ethos around how you, the culture in your businesses. Before I do that, Bob, I'm going to touch on something that is one of my core tenets and something I believe very strongly in and something that if I get the opportunity, I like to tell people that that, want to listen. And that is every single man and every single woman, I believe, is looking for fathers and mothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody wants a mentor. Everybody wants somebody that's been there, done it, helped them out. They can ask the hard questions too. They can help them in their marriage. They can help them in their business. They can help them through a tough time with the sibling. Everybody's looking for a father. Okay, in my opinion, what we all should be doing, though, and I'm going to encourage everybody out there that listens to this, is that we all should be looking for sons and daughters. That's right. We should all be looking for sons and daughters. Then we get then we get connected because when you're always looking for the father, a father figure, if you will, on Earth, you know, if everybody's looking up, then no one's looking down to gather up, gather up the sons and daughters. So I, I will feel very strongly about that. That's one of the reasons why we did our online uh, school, Thrive15.com, is to mentor more people than you could do physically. Yeah. Now, now back to your question, Bob, on the ethos of, of my relationships with my employees. Is that what you're asking? I'm trying to remember exactly. Basically, the culture. You answered beautifully about, about uh, looking for sons and daughters because I think as a father, you're bent towards the father in heaven. And then as you are, you're mentoring people. Um, yeah. You're finding Timothys everywhere you go. And so right. that answered my question. Yeah. And, and again, I had that same attitude with my my staff. You know, I mean, I, I truly treat them as, as their family. And we talk about that. And we, I spend time with them. I'm purposeful in doing that and try to get to know them. You know, what's, you know, some guys, their love language is gifts. And I mean, you know, you just give them a little something, something every now and then they just, you know, their love bucket gets filled up and some of them are uh, encouraging words, you know? And so you, yeah. hey, you're doing great, man. I told you lately, you know? Um, so I think getting to know them and being purposeful in that, in those relationships yeah. uh, and then acting upon that is very important. But the fact that, I mean, I, I know how many people in your life, the fact that you actually really do get to know that and you really do care and you're really present with the people you're with, like whoever's with you feels like they're your whole world for that time. And yeah. I've seen the way, you know, it's like there's a real love. And I think it comes from some of your deep encounters with God and the Father. It's mm-hmm. I know he, there's even seasons of time where you just were under an encounter with God. Yeah. And, and it really helped form you. And uh, just watching the Father's, that aspect of the father's heart. I've always known you that way. We call you yeah. Papa Z. Yeah. Bob, you probably heard me say that before. Papa yeah. Z, we can't help it. And it's not like the the thing that's going around the church right now where everyone's a papa and everyone's a mama. It's not, it's not that. It's more like just this endearing, there really is a fathering effect that comes over you. And so a lot of young men look at you and they go, oh, I want to do that with my employees. I want to treat my children like that. I yeah. want my children to, because your children adore you. Yeah. And I want to be adored by my adult children. I want to, I want to do life right. Basically, there's that that sentiment. Can you talk to us about? We we have a few more minutes now. Do you, can you talk to us about maybe one of the the harder times and how God helped you through 
one of the harder things, whether it's in business or family or relationships, and kind of take us over one of the humps of life and how how you saw God and just knowing him make a difference? Well, I've got several examples I could use, but since this is business bent, I will I will go to uh, probably one of the most traumatic business experiences of my life. I, I've been fired once in my life. Hmm. Okay. I was 30 years old, actually 31. I started the job when I was 30. I was the president of a optical chain, a national optical chain. I moved from Tulsa to Dallas and I had a contract that after 365 days, one year, some, some goodies kicked in for me and some good things happened. And it was kind of like, you know, at least make it years, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I go down there and I'm traveling the country and I'm opening up stores about two a month. So we opened up like 24 stores, maybe 25 stores that year while I was down there. And uh, I was president of the company. I mean, I was, you know, jet set here and there, hiring doctors, doing design layouts, uh, making deals on leases. I mean, I was... Um, the guy that hired me, the owner, um, was busy playing golf at the time. He just kind of let, he said, you, I trust you, get it on. So 364 days into it, oh. he walks in and he, he, he fires me. Mm. And it was at the moment, it was devastating. Yeah. But I want to encourage everybody out there, uh, as easy it is to, to get upset and get mad, flip that energy around into creative energy. What's next? What are you going to do next? Don't, you know, our eyes are in the front of us, not behind us. Don't look yeah. back. Don't just love and forgive. Oh, my eye doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a little experience in that, in that realm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was so easy for me to hold a grudge, for me to break down, for me to, to just cave in, for me to be defeated. And I think the Lord, my strong faith, um, and sitting down with him and, you know, you know, you have a good, you have a good little, uh, cry or you have a good little, you know, kick, kick the dog or kick the wall. And then you sit down and go, okay, what's next? And you mm -hmm. focus on that. And that just lit a fire in me. So I came back mm -hmm. to Tulsa, opened up, competed with them and just kicked their heinies. <laughs> and it was so, it was so rewarding. There's, I got to tell you one, one quick little story. This is so you guys, I hope we get a kick out of this. There was a famous marketing book and in this book, uh, this company bought a big lot of land and they were going to put a big mall. Well, there was one little house that would hold it out and, and it was a business, one little business that wouldn't sell. So I had to build the mall kind of all the way around this, this business. All right. And so the guy that owns a little business, what he did is he put a sign on the top of it that said main entrance. So people <laughs> pulling into the parking lot going, Oh, there's the main entrance. Right. <laughs> but that was the mall. And so people would walk in that's awesome. And and they may not have wanted what he was selling, but he got a lot of foot traffic, right? So every day about, you got to understand that whenever I was uh, uh, the president of this company, I was also, I was an optometrist next to the opticals before that. So my op, my my business and my office was literally right next to the optical that I was a president of. When I came back, I took my office and I turned it into where I'm selling glasses also now. So I'm competing with them and we're right next door. Oh, wow. So- so every day about two o'clock, I'd get out, walk in, walk by, and I'd walk by the optical, walk into a little drugstore. I'd go and get me a little uh, Diet Dr. Pepper or something like that, a little water out of the vending machine and come back, you know. And one time when I walk out, there's a ladder up, and there's the owner, the guy that fired me in his three-piece suit, you know, suited up, you know, high and tight, you know. And the guy that's in charge of marketing, all three-piece suited up too, you know. And they were trying to hang a, a sign above their door that said main entrance, 
You get it? <laughs> but the thing about it, there was an overhang, so you couldn't even see it unless you're just oh, no. underneath it looking up. So I stopped. I, it was just, just a glorious moment. So I just stopped right there next to them. Didn't say a word. They didn't say a word to me. They didn't look at me. You know, I kind of look at them, kind of look up about it, and I go, I think it's a little crooked. And uh, <laughs> walked back, walked into the store, got my drink, came back out, walked back in. It's kind of a kind of a fun moment for me. That's tough. I tell you, getting fired. But you know what, folks? If you're listening out there and you get fired, use that energy for the right thing. Yeah. Love, forgive. You've got to forgive because mm-hmm. if you don't forgive. That just poisons you. You know, it's like drinking poison and expect that's going to hurt them. Um, so that's that's a big thing about it. But then also, I don't know how many people that that um, have gone through a, a firing and then a year later say it was the best thing that happened to me, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so don't, don't you know, look at the positives of it, get up on your horse and get riding again and, you know, use that energy for something good for you. Well, spoken from the doctor himself, that's a good prescription. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on today. It means the world to us and uh, love those stories. They're so good. Well, we have another segment coming up next. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of Dr. Z and his ophthalmology group, we'll have the links below in case you need an eye doctor and you are in the Oklahoma area or anything else. If you're somebody who sells cars, (laughs) (laughs) there's a great auction to go to and there's other businesses as well. Thanks so much for being with us, Z. You bet. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Bob. See you later. Thanks for being on. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you. And also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bullsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Bob and I are curating some of the books that we've loved most and, and actually suggest and recommend to leaders and people that we could coach and consult. And so we're adding these into as a segment on the show and we're doing about once a month. This particular one, Bob, what are we recommending? I love this book. It's by New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield called The Ten Signs of a Leadership Crash. Which and we went through. I think I went, I think it was six years ago our team went through it and we were like, oh, wow. This yeah. is, it should be, everybody should read this and figure this out if they're going to lead an organization, if they're going to manage. If, it was just so profound. The thing about it to me is, Sean, you and I, uh, we consult or counsel with so many different people and most of the time, when people come to us, they're going through a crisis. Yeah. And, and so this book was so profound to me and I recommend it everywhere because uh, you can almost always tell 
the first the first time, uh, sign of a leadership crash to me is when people choose isolation and you can see it yeah. you can, it's like hey where did so and so go um and you talk to another friend where's so and so oh we haven't talked to him we haven't seen him we haven't heard from him and and, and yeah. people like they choose isolation and all of a sudden you know i think that's the death knell the the beginning of um of people oh, who are so about true. to crash I mean, it's, I think it's even people through um, coronavirus who I was concerned about and how just the pandemic, you know, and how they were doing this very thing. And I'm like, I remember this, this book even, and just how we define this, like, man, we are not meant to isolate. We are not meant to, to pull away. We're not meant to do life alone. We're not meant to do our career alone. Yeah. But the problem is we don't go after sometimes the tools and sometimes people will only open up, Bob, you know, this to like one or two people, maybe only one person. And so, if that one person is a friend or somebody who's not really wise or doesn't really understand process, they may not be a great help. And then that person who's isolating goes, see, I tried. And they, yeah. they pull away and I'm like, no, no, no. If you're going to open up to only one person, pick a coach or a counselor, a therapist, a pastor, pick somebody who can actually help you or push you forward because it's one of the keys. But let's, what are some of the other areas that he talks about in the book? Well, going on with choosing isolation is, losing trusted friendships Mm -hmm. and and sort of and then the other one is evading confrontation so sometimes what i've seen happen is trusted friends are the ones who will say hey listen i'm worried about you because you're you're doing these things and it doesn't seem like your personality and it feels like a confrontation or feedback and when somebody does that when they're when they're Mm -hmm. already isolating um it causes it it causes people to isolate more. So I think, you know, losing trusted friendships and then evading confrontation. And, and you know, Sean, people don't like confrontation generally. No, especially in the church. Christians don't like confrontation because we feel like we're always supposed to be positive. And I think this is the kind of tool that many of you need to read, especially if there's um, turmoil in your organization or if there's just some things you're fleshing out or if you have lost some friends or you feel isolated, this is going to give you some some of the antidote or the remedy for this, this kind of thing happening. And also if you're new in your organization to read it now so that you can avoid the pitfalls. And that's exactly why Bob and I would recommend such a incredible book to you. It's going to help you so much. One of the things I love about Mansfield is he does offer hope at the end of each section. He talks about how to get out of it. And, and so I think, you know, I couldn't recommend this book enough. Well, for this book and others that we recommend, go to our website, boldsministries.com. We're going to start putting our featured picks there so you guys can go to Amazon or wherever you buy books and get those books. Thanks for joining us on Exploring the Marketplace today. And Bob, I'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.